0: You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 141. Hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about the PMO and digital transformation. There's so much buzz these days about digital transformation, and I'm going to break down what people are really talking about, and we're going to explore what the PMO can and should be doing to support digital transformation in your organization. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my free masterclass on defining, measuring, and communicating PMO value. You're going to learn the best techniques for showing your PMO impact. So if you're wondering how to show the value of your PMO, how to up-level your PMO to deliver value more quickly, what metrics will impress your business leaders most, why fixing project management doesn't seem to get the expected results, and if there really is a way to get it all done without losing your sanity in the process. Because here's the deal, you're busy and you don't have time to waste reading 10 different books with conflicting guidance and scour the internet for a ton of pieced together articles that seem to only get average results. By the way, the average PMO success rate is still sadly around 50%. So you don't want to follow the average guidance. Average guidance, average results means you're probably looking for a new job in two years. So by saving your spot in this training that is free, you're going to put yourself first in line to learn the high impact measurement techniques that until now have been exclusively reserved for my private clients and Impact Engine PMO students. That's right, I'm sharing some of the hundreds of secrets I've teached my IEPMO students so that you can uncover what my students have by putting into practice these very techniques. So just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash value. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash value and join us for one of our upcoming free training classes. Okay, let's do this. Recently, I was asked to join a panel led by Mark Burnett and Jim Stewart as they kicked off a new digital transformation webinar series. This is all part of the PMO Leader, a community and member-based organization to support the PMO Leader. To kick off this series, we got to talk about digital transformation and the PMO, and specifically what role the PMO should have in digital transformation. Now, the really cool part is that I got to share that stage with my pals Americo Pinto from the PMO Global Alliance, and Joe Puzz from the PMO Squad, and also the man behind the idea for this cool PMO leader community. It was such a fun session, and if you want to see the whole thing, just head over to pmostrategies.com forward slash 141, and I will link you to the entire interview panel discussion. For this podcast, however, I wanted to dive a little deeper into some of the things we talked about there because... It occurred to me as I was preparing for that panel discussion that there's a lot of myths and misunderstandings about digital transformation, what it really is, what it means, and what the PMO should or shouldn't be doing about digital transformation. So I wanted to take a little time to reach all of you, my awesome impact drivers that are working so hard to build and run PMOs and manage projects and make a big impact in organizations and let you know where the opportunities are to make a big impact in terms of digital transformation. So you ready to do this? All right, let's dive in. First and foremost, I wanna address this term digital transformation and dispel the myth that this is actually something new. Digital transformation is the use of technology or improve existing business processes focused on the customer, AKA the end user, throughout the process. Now, for most of you listening today, you've been using technology in one way, shape, or form for most of your career. Tell me what part about what I said about digital transformation isn't stuff that we were doing back in the 80s and the 90s, or even earlier with very simple machines. Think about it. Typewriters replaced handwriting, Basic word processors, replaced typewriters, and on it goes. That was all technology. And I'm saying this as someone that got my computer science degree 25 years ago, and my first computer was called a Deckstation 5000 Unix machine. Nothing like what we use today. Man, those developers have no idea how easy they have it compared to how we had to do things back 25 years ago. Oh my gosh, did you hear what I just said? I think I'm starting to sound like my parents and their parents before them. Where does that happen? All of a sudden, I'm the one saying, back in the old days, we used to have it so hard. Oh, I digress, but that was just too funny to pass up. Okay, so back in the Stone Ages, aka the 90s, I built software that was used to help graduate students turn their theses and dissertations into... SGML, thought of as the granddaddy of markup languages, and then convert that to HTML, which you may have heard of, so that it could be viewed on this new thing that was coming called the World Wide Web. I also built one of the very early websites to educate people on this thing called the Electronic Thesis and Dissertation Initiative and why it was the future of theses and dissertations publishing. We were literally replacing people's typewriters with digital technology in order to expand the visibility of these theses and dissertations that our students were creating. And if anyone's curious, it was called the Electronic Thesis and Dissertation Initiative, and it was at Virginia Tech, go Hokies, where I got my computer science degree. What was cool about this for me is that this was probably the first big opportunity I had to see digital transformation firsthand and the incredible amount of organizational change management that goes into digital transformation efforts. I mean, we had auditoriums filled with angry grad students that wanted to throw their typewriters at us because they couldn't graduate until they had this electronic thesis and dissertation that, oh, by the way, they had been typing on paper with a typewriter all this time. Now, from our perspective, it was so obvious that this would be easier and better and give them more exposure, but this was a big change. No one else was doing this, and here we were changing the world using technology and hitting all the change resistance that you could imagine back then for something that seems like a no-brainer today. Remember Y2K? I was a part of a huge digital transformation effort in a very large financial institution when all the tech had to be changed to handle four-digit years instead of two-digit years. And in that same company, I was doing artificial intelligence programming to make decisions about funding home loans. All digital transformation work. And in 1999, when I got my chance to build my first PMO and was responsible for early e-commerce solutions, we were like bleeding edge back then, for brick and mortar stores that wanted an online presence. All of that was digital transformation work. And Shortly thereafter, I was a part of the very first ever fully digital mortgage from origination through to home closing, as we would say, in their bunny slippers. And all of that was 20 years ago or more. So the reason I tell you these stories is one, because you probably have similar stories of experiences you've had helping to make the world a better place, make people's lives easier using technology you've probably been a part of digital transformation for a very long time. Did those examples make you think of any experiences you've had in your career? And if you are on the younger side and weren't working back in the 90s or early 2000s, you probably don't even think of all of the technology evolution as digital transformation because it's so commonplace. So the point is, digital transformation is not new. This is something that we have been doing for decades, using technology to automate manual, non-digital processes. So what does this have to do with the PMO? All right, so me personally, I've been doing this PMO and project management thing for 25 years now. Much of that is in the digital transformation space. And for more than a decade now, I've been helping PMO leaders think differently about the PMO. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I teach PMO leaders from the perspective of their business leaders. I pull back the curtain on what business leaders, executives, C-suite are thinking about the PMO, what they want from the PMO, and helping to bridge that gap between what the business leaders expect and desire and what the PMO leaders are delivering. Many of those PMO leaders want to become business leaders someday, or maybe already are. So they need to be thinking like business leaders, which means they need to look at the PMO through the lens of an executive. Your executives look at the PMO like every other business unit. How is this team helping me drive change, deliver value, grow, evolve, stay relevant, and even lead the market? So if you're busy thinking of yourself as a cost center, that's going to come through in how your business leaders see you. We're the ones that are teaching them how we provide or don't provide value. And that's a very, very bad thing if you're thinking of yourself as a cost center. Because the purpose of the PMO is to help the organization deliver on its strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible. The PMO is not there to create templates, tools, and process. It's there to drive outcomes. Now, you've heard me say that before, most likely, And I'm not saying you don't need templates, tools, and process, but they should be to automate the admin and streamline and optimize and accelerate getting to that impact. So when PMO leaders make this shift and focus on the PMO from the value delivery perspective, the whole game changes, the whole conversation changes. And my students see this inside our Impact Engine PMO program All the time. By the time they've gotten through step two of our six step process, business leaders start seeing them differently, taking them more seriously, and many of them begin to earn their seat at the table in these more strategic leadership driving change kind of conversations. And from that position, they are able to drive even more value when they have their seat at the table. It's a virtuous. Cycle of ever greater impact that the PMO can make. And it's because they learn that they are creating a return on investment engine for the organization. It's not enough just to measure value. So you must make sure that the value is worth pursuing and won't cost more than the benefit to be obtained, right? So I want you to have that phrasing and that thinking as we talk about how this connects to business transformation. Because the PMO is there to drive change and help the organization achieve the business outcomes intended. And digital transformation is often the mechanism for automating and accelerating driving business value for the end user. It's the same thing the PMO has been there to do all along, drive change and accelerate value. The mechanism in this case is technology, and digital transformation. So to me, it's clear that the PMO, if it is built correctly, is an accelerator of customer value, just like digital transformation. If it's important to the organization, the PMO should be driving the change, whether it's digital transformation or any other type of change. As an aside, sometimes you will see articles that are trying to scare project managers and PMO leaders that automation and AI, artificial intelligence, and digital transformation are going to be the end of the PMO and project management. And that is total nonsense. They're just trying to scare you so that you click on whatever that article is quickly and read it. Tools and technology are not going to take away project management jobs, not real project management jobs. If your job is replaceable by technology, then you aren't providing the real value you could and should be. Technology automates the admin. It doesn't replace the people side of change. It doesn't replace the art of project management, which is what makes us so valuable. A good project manager can get projects done. A great project manager drives high-value, sustainable change by doing that change with people instead of two people. This ensures that the change is not just done, but it's done in a way that people embrace it so that it doesn't get undone by change resistors the minute you walk away. Great project managers don't hit change resistance because they facilitate the change through others. That is not at least not in the foreseeable future, something we can automate away from real people doing the people work of project management and change delivery. So I wouldn't worry about automation or artificial intelligence taking away your project management job or your PMO job. It's just positioning us to focus on the parts of our jobs that are where most of the value is realized anyway leading and driving change. The real risk I see with digital transformation and the PMO and project management is PMO and project leaders may be getting overwhelmed by this term, digital transformation, and thinking it's something that the PMO or project managers can't handle. It's exactly the kind of work we should be doing. And based on being in technology since that computer science degree I got back in the 90s, and being part of a huge digital transformation my entire career, I can tell you that our role in leading people through change is even more important nowadays because the pace of change is getting faster. And we need to help people digest, absorb, and incorporate that change into the way we operate at an ever-quickening pace. It's all about delivering value and who can help do that better, faster, and with greater return on investment than those of us who have been trained to drive value. Now, the other place I see this show up, this digital transformation buzz and no, the PMO and project managers can't help us with this, is when it comes to Agile. Now, I'm going to address Agile from two different perspectives here. Because a lot of people say, well, great, Agile is the perfect implementation framework to use for digital transformation because it's all about the user and customer engagement and iterations. Makes perfect sense, totally agree. But if we're talking about Agile from a mindset perspective, that should be baked into every PMO and what every PMO does. The goal is to be able to build an organization, a PMO that is nimble and flexible enough to pivot If the needs of the organizations change, don't keep doing the same things you've always been doing just because you started them or because you think it is important when your business leaders don't. So much of our content here on the PMO Strategies podcast and in our free webinars you can find on the PMO Strategies website are all about helping you figure out how to iterate your way to a bigger impact with your PMO. So feel free to go check those out at any time. But I want to address the other way that we talk about Agile, and that is from this implementation methodology approach. If you're talking about Agile implementation methods, the focus of the PMO is not a specific implementation methodology. The focus of the PMO is driving that ever greater impact, that return on investment as quickly as possible. And sometimes that means some projects should be managed with an agile implementation approach. Great, but I highly recommend you don't define your PMO by a specific implementation methodology. You're much bigger than that. You don't want your PMO defined by waterfall any more than you want it defined by agile. There's no us versus them between PMOs and agile, as some people would have you think. There's no controversy there. The PMO is a lot more than the methodology used to implement projects. Your PMO needs to be an impact engine PMO, which means you are focused on value and doing whatever makes sense for every particular project in that portfolio that you are ensuring is prioritized, properly resourced and governed so that you can achieve the highest possible return on investment for that strategy. So the real question we should be asking ourselves is, How do you help improve the organization's bottom line? How do you help the organization deliver on its strategy? That is where you focus your energy and the implementation methodology you use because that implementation methodology is just a means to the end. Now, of course, you do need approaches to get the work done and Agile is a fantastic way to do that. But let's be honest, I'm willing to bet that if you've been doing project management for a while, you were probably using Agile implementation techniques before it was the next big thing to do. And go read the Agile Manifesto if you haven't and tell me which of those things you weren't already doing. All of those mindset shifts are the same mindset shifts you hear me talking about here because they are all about putting common sense into common practice. Now. Iterations that they talk about in an Agile implementation approach, they were just longer and called phase one, phase two and phase three of a project. Or they were the cycles that was happening between design development and user acceptance testing that went on and on and on until you got it right in a typical waterfall project. Agile is a state of mind and a way to get work done in a more collaborative manner that everyone should be embracing. Again, it's all about iterating your way to impact. So whether you use an agile implementation approach to address digital transformation, something a little bit different, a hybrid, which is now, by the way, being called the cool thing to do, and we were all doing it all along because we were using what made sense and using our common sense to achieve the outcomes we were trying to achieve faster, which means we don't have time to get caught up in, the buzzwords when we need to be focused on making an impact. So digital transformation, agile implementation, all of this means let's automate the admin, let's streamline, let's optimize, let's get to impact faster. And that my friend is what we should have been doing all along. But don't underestimate the excitement you can generate by using some of these buzzwords for good instead of evil. People get excited about the idea of digital transformation. Well, some of them do anyway. Use that to get people excited about the way that you're using technology in your organization to help achieve business goals more effectively. Use agile terminology to talk about how you're iterating your way to high impact and Get people excited about it, if that's what they get excited about. But just don't let you or your team members get overwhelmed with these buzzwords and thinking that they're anything different than what we've been doing all along. Okay, Impact Driver, that's it for today's session. Don't forget that this episode is sponsored by our free masterclass. If you want to learn more about how you can define, measure, and communicate value for your PMO, definitely check out my free masterclass on doing just that. Go to pmostrategies.com forward slash value. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash value. Okay, before we go, don't forget to hit subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player. Click the download links so you can take these high impact episodes with you no matter where your journey or internet access takes you. And if you love what you're hearing, please take a minute to leave a rating and review on that favorite podcast player. Let me know how you're making a big impact with all that you're learning in these episodes. Bye-bye for now.